Crown of Thorns by Iris Bluefick Chapter 44 Westenders Friday the 30th of November 1979 It's a bit much, one feels. Crowley whispered loudly, eyeing the lively action on stage with no small amount of distaste. Bringing an infant to the theatre. He's bloody three months old. Hush, murmured Aziraphale, raising his opera glasses. Gracious, it was never like that. Of course not, Crowley sighed, leaning heavily on the box edge, peering down at the Dowlings in the front row. Not but what I didn't try to tempt her to it, of course. But that's never been my... Not your forte, my dear. No, of course not, said Aziraphale distractedly. Must she simper so? Potiphar's wife was never your successful stealer of hearts, Crowley muttered. So in that, at least, our intrepid composer's guess is accurate. Or ought I to give credit to the librettist? Warlock's a well-behaved child. Aziraphale said, lowering his glasses. Divine influence, you see, in evidence from the off. Pull an innocent babe straight from brimstone, and what do you... Crowley bristled. Just because he hasn't spent the whole first act so far squalling doesn't mean... I fail to see why Technicolor is relevant, Aziraphale mused. Such dull shades in comparison to the genuine article. Don't you remember? A marvel of both dye work and tailoring, if you ask me. Crowley buried his face in his arms, groaning as audibly as he dared. That's about buzzwords, he said. How many times have I got to explain this concept, Angel? It's about style, about being hip. If I'm not mistaken, that word's on the way out, replied Aziraphale. Aren't we on to something else? You would know much better than I, dear boy. That costume on the girl's less than flattering, although I must say the young man wears what, uh, little he does with a certain panache. Lord, Crowley thought before he could stop himself. Your eyes are everywhere, but where I... I suppose it can't have lasted said Aziraphale, as the sound of infant wailing pierced the air. Oh, of course not, Crowley replied, hastily changing the subject. The political situation had grown intolerable, untenable. His character was bound to be called into question sooner or later. Come off it, you old serpent, Aziraphale chastised. It was all sorted in the end. Just desserts. Your people's ideas of just desserts is wanting, Crowley said, raising his voice over the racket, as Mrs Dowling, now the target of myriad nasty looks, thrust Warlock at the bodyguard and sent both baby and servant packing up the aisle with the nappy bag over his shoulder. Deplorable. His own flesh and blood sold him into slavery. Surely you can't get behind that sort of thing. Aziraphale prompted, elbowing Crowley. I mean, what with your own situation, I dare say... Be quiet, Crowley hissed, shoving back as hard as he dared. He tried to tell himself it was basic snake nature kicking back in, that eternal longing for warmth rather than infernal heat. 
but the truth was somewhere nearer to the human desire for contact than he would have liked. I like this song. You've never heard this song, Israfel replied. Mr. Dowling's quite engrossed, isn't he? Close every door to me indeed, thought Crowley, and watched, riveted, for better or for worse. Monday the 11th of May, 1981 I haven't the faintest idea what's going on, said Aziraphale, not bothering to whisper. She's being taken up into... the ether? Heaven? Are we to surmise some manner of feline theology? Have you read Eliot or not? asked Crowley peevishly. This wasn't in his verse, so clearly we're dealing with some rogue narrative contamination on the part of the librettist. What the hell? Language, Aziraphale murmured, squeezing Crowley's wrist. They're only three rows ahead. Crowley swallowed. His breathing had gone funny. I don't know, he said. Aside from the nonsense of stringing a bunch of character verse together in continuity reminiscent of an acid trip, I quite fancied the bits of Grizabella's aria filched from Proofrock. Wonder Boy might have done worse. Aziraphale stiffened in his even stiffer seat. Surely you haven't taken to calling Lloyd Webber... I'll call him whatever I damned well want, Crowley muttered, seeing as he's one of yours. I say, Aziraphale murmured, running some swift mental cross-checks. I suppose you're right. He's done a right botched job when it comes to set pieces on the subject of religion, Crowley sighed. I am as irritated as the next person entrenched in the system, don't get me wrong. How's he doing with the belief systems of the four-legged, though? Inquiring minds and all that. I'm curious. He's doing well enough that our toddler of interest is entertained, Aziraphale replied, glancing sidelong to where a tearful Mrs. Dowling was seated with her two-year-old son cradled in her lap. She's brought her child to opening night, San's husband, Crowley observed. Even gutsier still. It was Francis's idea, you know, said Aziraphale, leaning hard on the arm of his seat, not having noticed until that moment that Crowley's arm had also been occupying the same space. This whole programme of cultural exposure for the lad's edification, I was entirely in favour, you understand. Crowley gawped at him, fairly tossed the wine gums. Let me tell you, Ashtoreth insisted. Another zero-sum game, said Aziraphale reasonably, and companionably patted Crowley's arm. We can't possibly have known our agents would suggest the same thing. It's win-win, my dear. Crowley took his turn to stiffen, carefully shrugging off Aziraphale's touch. I guess you're right. It's to be expected, said Aziraphale mildly. I doubt I've ever been aught. Well, you know, uh... The curtain call's coming up, Crowley replied. And Mrs. Dowling will head for the stage door. Would you like to go, my dear? Aziraphale teased. Give the composer a piece of your mind. I might do at that if it'll get me close to the boy, Crowley muttered. 
I'm under orders. Have they told you to check up on his growth? asked Aziraphale, anxious. Take stock? Nah, said Crowley, vaguely, and rose to applaud the cast. But I'm curious, aren't you? Tuesday the 27th of March, 1984. Crowley pinched the bridge of his nose till his sunglasses rode up and dug in. They staggered out of the theatre after Mr Dowling and Son, both of whom were avidly chattering. The wine gums hadn't been distraction enough, more's the pity. The blasted things didn't even contain alcohol. Let me get this straight, he said, gesturing wildly. Humans on skates pretend they're trains? More accurately, replied Aziraphale huffily. It's an imaginative child's dream. Did you miss that part? Rather charming, I thought. Judging by the likes of Warlock, it speaks to the youth of today. Roller skates, Crowley repeated. I can't even manage riding horseback. And these idiots have got their performers traversing the stage on wheels? What's the world coming to, I ask you? It's a step up from Potiphar's wife. You've got to give him that, said Aziraphale, somewhat defensively. The theme tune is catchy. It'll stay with the younger crowd. Mark my words. The boy likes it, sure, said Crowley, nodding at the angel in frustration. Keen. He and his school chums, who've also been fortunate enough to see it, will jabber till kingdom come. What then? I suppose they'll come back for more, Aziraphale ventured. Joseph or cats, do you think? I'd sooner let my child watch cats than Joseph, thank you very much, Crowley snapped. Assuming I had a child, of course. We're fortunate he was so young for Joseph, otherwise... I doubt he'll have been impressed by the likes of Mrs. Potiphar said Aziraphale dubiously. Crowley let his scowl deepen, shifting his focus for a moment from Aziraphale's infuriating endearing prattle to father and son still engaged in conversation at the crosswalk. Amazing and sickening all at once how easy humans found it to discuss passions dredged to the surface by art. Angel, if I catch you humming bits from this atrocity round the bookshop, so help me. You've had worse, Aziraphale threatened. You didn't mind memory awfully, did you? Not as such, but don't you know this specimen is Bebop? Asked Crowley in mock horror. The Brightman girl is lovely, Aziraphale said. One can hardly blame him. That voice! It's not the voice he's after, Angel, Crowley sighed, shuddering slightly. Potiphar's wife! I should like to see what else is in store, Aziraphale forged on. Not just a dancer, that one. Just ahead of them, Warlock pointed wildly at a storefront, so his father acquiesced, following him inside. Crowley hooked his arm through Aziraphale's, shoved his hands deep in his blazer pockets, and gave up. He tried not to think about the disapproving looks that this got them. That duet wasn't so bad, he admitted. If no other song, it'll have staying power. 
Only you. I'll hum that under my breath, shall I? said Aziraphale, almost coy. Wait for you to join in. Crowley let go of Aziraphale's arm and glanced over the road. No, he said. Don't, please. Sunday the 15th of June, 1986 Nearly seven years old, murmured Aziraphale, watching the boy stare riveted at the man singing alone on the stage from behind the safety of his opera glasses. He's taking this rather well. What an idiot, Crowley muttered, his tone suggesting it was a good job Aziraphale couldn't see his expression. He could have ended it by now. Any number of times, even. Easily. Dear boy, it's about sticking to one's principles, Aziraphale said, noting with pleasure that Warlock had gone so far as to sit forward and peer up at the stage with worshipful eyes. Seeing it through. If you ask me, Crowley hissed, he's a right prat. He knows he hasn't got free will, not really. He's let Valjean become his jailer. One day, that'll be classed as this thing called epic fail. It's an epic failure indeed, said Aziraphale wistfully, considering what he's about to do. Can't say as I'm enjoying the number, Crowley replied, but I can't begrudge him peace. Oh, hush, Aziraphale murmured, finally lowering his glasses. It's the loveliest song yet. Then, only then, did he turn his head and notice the gleam of unshed tears in Crowley's eyes. Tuesday the 14th of February, 1989 This is some kind of punishment, isn't it? Crowley whispered. Chaperoning, angel! The absurdity of it. Couldn't we have just left it to the help? He won't be ten till August, and the girl's eleven if she's a day. I doubt you'll see action beyond hand-holding through that lens of yours. It's Valentine's Day, Aziraphale said. The scheme's rather sweet, don't you think? So good of the parents to step aside. There's the usual men in dark glasses at the back, but it can't be helped. Crowley rested his arms on the box edge, staring dejectedly at the proscenium. He'd quite liked that chandelier effect during the overture, creaky old thing flickering to life as it rose from the stage. Sure, he said, because nothing says true love like the unrequited affections of a sociopath. Must you be so nasty? Aziraphale chided, lowering his opera glasses. There's enough tension by this point as it is. You could cut it with a knife, as it were, and literally, too. That poor young man. Idiots get what they deserve for dashing off into damp cellars unarmed, Crowley pointed out. So you've got it in for all of them, I suppose? Aziraphale snapped. All but Christine, I gather. She's spineless, said Crowley grimly and turned his face towards the opposite wall. Not entirely the victim she's been painted either, you see. 
She has a choice to make, and she'll blow it. How do you know so much about the ending? asks Aziraphale suspiciously. Did you read the more ruthless reviews? Get a tip straight off the librettist's desk, perhaps? Inquiring minds. Because this is the only way anything ever ends, Crowley thought, blinking as rapidly as he dared, trying to convince himself it was because of the pyrotechnics. The only way ever, and I hate it. My dear, are you quite all right? Aziraphale asked, setting his hand on Crowley's shoulder. Never, Crowley thought bitterly. Not till some bloody ending somewhere finally comes right. Thursday the 14th of August, 2014. Aziraphale shifted on the sofa so that Crowley could curl into him. He groaned into Aziraphale's neck, even as the credits rolled, pummeling Aziraphale's shoulder with his fist. Aziraphale had several guesses as to the cause of this tantrum, all of which were very likely correct. Mini bloody driver! Crowley shrieked. I know she'd have been past her prime for this now, but Rosemary Ash has never had an equal, not in any production I've ever heard of since. There, there, Aziraphale soothed, rubbing Crowley's back, taking advantage of the perfect opportunity to kiss along Crowley's sharp, lovely jaw. At least the girl was insipid and the rest of the casting equally uninspired. The only true purpose of this adaptation is mockery, so half at it. Do you promise the Les Mis adaptation is going to make it all up to me in spades? asked Crowley plaintively, but he showed rather a lot of interest in nuzzling his way from the spot just beneath Aziraphale's ear down to the uncharacteristically exposed dip of his collarbone, so that was all right. The cast can actually sing, for one, Aziraphale replied. Or at least they've done an excellent job of making them sound as if they're competent. Of this much, Anathema firmly reassured me. Crowley mumbled vaguely against Aziraphale's shoulder. The end of his phrase sounded like stars. I asked after that number in particular when she screened it. Aziraphale sighed, picking at Crowley's trousers with lazy interest, as Crowley rucked up Aziraphale's shirt. Are you in the mood? Maybe not for that. Not right now, Crowley admitted. But for an ending like this, you bet. Crown of Thorns will continue in Chapter 45. 